So we are with Brent. Tell me a little bit about where we are and where we're standing right now. So this is the uh, this is the cider house. This is where we uh, process and carbonate, blend, bottle, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you know, as you can see, it's very it's very small scale. Um, this is kind of a, a garage. Actually, when we first moved here, this was sort of a dilapidated building, which we um, a year ago summer. Uh, kind of renovated um, and you know, poured a, a heated concrete floor so we've got an appropriate workspace. And so last year, we started, again, very small scale. We started with 6,000 liters of, uh, of juice. And, uh, and we did that in 1,000 liter totes, the kind that you can see over there. And that pretty much stretched this space to its capacity. Um, so this year, our expansion, if we want to walk this way, uh, includes this new building off the side here where we've uh, added, added 15,000 liters of, of juice um, to our capacity here. So it's a real, um, you know, you, you'll have gotten the sense, I'm sure, from some of the other folks that you've uh, spoken to, but it's a real, there's real kind of uh, collegial mentality among the cider makers. So these tanks here, uh, come from Palmies, uh, from Nick and Lindsay Sutcliffe, uh, who are upgrading to stainless steel tanks. And so there are a number of us who are the beneficiaries of their old stock. And so we, we bought these tanks, needed a place to put them, so we built this building. Um, and now you can hear that they're, you can hear and smell that the juice that we just got about a week ago is now very much in process. And how long will this batch take these these batches here for for it to come before you start the bottling process right okay so you know we we try to manage the fermentation process over about a month or so um and then you know once fermentation is done they'll sit on the lees for another couple of weeks then we'll rack uh and we'll probably let it mature for another uh, for another uh, few months anyways um so the hope would be that by summertime this is this is now being being packaged and and uh, and bottled and sold to customers. So what what is in these ones? Yeah, good question. So <clears throat> this is a, a a mix of juice. The juices, uh, the juice in each of these tanks is the same. So it's a blend of um, there's some golden russet, uh, some John of Gold, Cortland, Ida Red, Northern Spy. So ones that are fairly typical uh, apples that that cider makers use in this part of the world. Um, but we have inoculated uh, different yeast strains. Uh, so this, this one is known as DB10, this one is X16, uh, and this one I'm trying something that I haven't done before. This is um, uh, a Torlospora starter, and the idea is that um, the Torlospora uh, tor tor is a yeast uh, that basically establishes a competitive framework that you can use to then uh, follow it with either a spontaneous fermentation or by inoculating some other, some other yeast that uh, uh, that you've chosen. So, excellent. And then you have some apples on on the farm, right? That you right. In, in green, and then you bring in some of the other from different orchards around. Correct? Yeah, that's right. Our orchard is actually fairly still. It's quite young, and so we don't have a reliable, um, at least we don't have a stable supply of of apples in quantity. So the juice here uh, comes from Twin Pines. So you probably come across uh, Mike and Mark Van Steenkist in your travels. Um, so we've worked with them this year and also last year uh, and find that we get a really high quality juice from them. You know, the chemistry is great. You know, the, 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 um, uh, all the aspects of the juice are kind of right, right where I want them. 
Um, and so it's been, it's nice to work with them. And I think even as our orchard becomes more mature, uh, we'll kind of focus on some hard to get varieties in our orchard and, and, you know, maybe still look to places like twin pines for, you know, to, to bulk up and, and, and do some of the, you know, some of the mainstay kind of apples. And then when you've got all these coming down, how is it you go about developing the different flavors or the different characteristics that go into your, well, and you could maybe tell me a little bit about what your current offerings are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of actually starts with what we produce on the farm, right? Like we want to be able to say, you know, even though some of our ingredients come from off farm, um, we want everything that we do to be able to trace really clearly back to the land, right? So, you know, you saw the bottle of current affair, for example, we grow lots of, uh, lots of black currants. Um, and so we wanted to find a way to integrate those and, uh, have talked to a number of other cider makers that have that use black currants. And so we tried last year, a bunch of different strategies, you know, incorporating them in the primary fermentation versus, uh, kind of incorporating them, uh, into a, into a finished cider, um, tried a few different things there and, and landed on, uh, on, on the approach that we've taken for, for current affair. Um, the, uh, we, we have a, another dry hopped cider called Hoppity. And uh, so we don't grow hops here, but we have, you know, good friends that do just down the road. Um, oh, it's not with rabbits in it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We'll try that, right? <laughs> um, and everything that we have produced so far is, uh, with one exception actually, is lightly back sweetened with maple syrup because that's another thing that we do here on the farm and find it that to be sort of a nice a nice complimentary sweetener and we don't we don't sweeten very much um, but you know it's nice it's nice to use stuff that, that you make and that you have access to right so yeah so uh, the dry maple I told you about is um, uh, has a little bit of spontaneous ferment uh, added in, blended into the base cider um, you know Eve is the cayenne pepper infused. Uh, and again, there we grow cayenne peppers, right? So, so the, the thought process is really, it's not rocket science. We say, you know, here's some stuff from the greenhouse. Do you think it would work, right? And we just try a few different approaches till we get something that, uh, that we think might, uh, might actually work. And then, you know, we've got um, customers who, you know, are willing to try things out and give us honest feedback. So there's that, a bit of that process as well. And for you, availability here on the farm coming directly uh, is one of the options that you have. You also sell at the Guelph Farmer's Market. Is there uh, another area or angle that you're hoping to, to break through or explore uh, opportunities for distribution in the coming year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, just based on the way the regulations work and based on what we're allowed to do, um, the thing that is most beneficial is to start with those direct customer sales, right? So, as you said, the farmer's market and, and uh, direct farm store sales. Uh, however, that probably exceeds what we'll, what we'll be able to produce here, right? And so the next thing will be to get our product out into the community uh, via bars and restaurants and, you know, other, other licensees. So that would be the next, that would be the next thing. Um, one of the other things we're very interested in as well is, is kind of uh, events here at the farm, right? So we've been thinking about doing a sort of a winter wassail uh, sort of event um, maybe in the spring or summer doing a music uh, festival kind of thing where you know, we've got, we're creating an experience that is bigger than the farm, but also allows people to sort of take, take pieces of that experience home with them, right? Mm-hmm. So that'll be another, another uh, sort of avenue that we look to explore in the coming year. And how, how big is the farm exactly? It's 42 acres. Yeah. And about probably half of that is wild, right? So it's, it's bush and, uh, and the other half is 
orchard, uh, pasture, uh, that sort of thing. And there, I mean, there's a whole other angle of this thing that actually if, if, if Val were here, she would do a better job at, at explaining it. But, you know, we try to use regenerative agriculture practices. Uh, so, you know, we're real believers that, you know, we are stewards of the land and it's our responsibility to not just do sustainable farming, but to actually regenerate the land, you know, regenerate the soil, that sort of thing. And so we have built our orchard into a, a key lime design, which has contour, uh, which follows the contour of the land rather than following sort of a, a grid. Um, and it's a, it's kind of a, a multi-layered sort of stacked function sort of thing. So you've got pasture on the, on the bottom, you've got animals eating the pasture, you've got um, uh, sort of low-lying bushes and underbrush like, like berries and grapes and currants and those sorts of things in sort of the, the, the understory. And then you've got trees, nut trees, apple trees, pear trees, that sort of thing in the, uh, in the overstory. So try to play with some of those, um, some of those ways of, of thinking about farming and agriculture uh, that, are, that are good for the land and that also make the story behind the products that much more compelling, hopefully. You know? Is there a specific point that got you into cider? Can you think of uh, something that happened or that, you know, uh, you, that decided, okay, I'd like to open up Heartwood and go from there? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I, I think, I, I mean, we kind of fell into it. I mean, the thing that I kind of actually sort of fell in love with was, was trees. So I loved grafting, planting, propagating, caring for trees uh, and fruit trees specifically. It's very, very difficult to grow apples in like for fresh consumption, uh, you know, for that market. It's very difficult to do that um, uh, just, you know, from, from any perspective. It's just the, the management of that kind of an orchard is just, it's pretty intense, right? And we do try to adhere to organic farming practices uh, as much as possible. And so um, I guess what I started thinking about is, you know, is there an application for all these apples that's not the grocery store? And so that's when you know we started thinking about cider, uh, and I wasn't even a big cider drinker at the time, um, and most of what I tried was far too sweet for my taste. So I guess I started to wonder, you know, is there is there an opportunity to create something that's a little bit of a different product, and that actually can use apples that are grown the way we want to grow them, uh, so i.e. not spotless, blemish-free, um, you know, but but still kind of are, are part of that you know, sort of near organic management practice. So that's, so that's kind of how we got into it. And like anybody else probably did a few batches in carboys said, Hey, this isn't so hard. So let's, <laughs> let's just throw the switch and do it commercially. Right. And of course, what I immediately learned is that, you know, going from a carboy to a tote to a tank is not just a matter of multiply by 500 now multiply by hundred, right? The math just doesn't work. There's a whole the, the trick, I think, to doing this stuff is really not so much about um, working with juice and working with recipes. The trick is, is actually managing production on a commercial scale. That's what's hard. At least that's been my experience of it. And I think that's a lot of what we've seen with everyone is that the making of the product is not necessarily the challenge. It's the keeping up, making sure yeah. it's the right amount, making sure that you're keeping consistency and so on. Yeah. So that yeah. technical requirements and the nature yeah. of putting it all together is yeah. the big challenge because people like cider. I and mean, we really started to see that explosion in, in Ontario in the last yeah. little while. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. Is there anything for Heartwood for 2018 that you're really excited about? 
Well, as I said, I'm, I'm really excited about developing some of these more experiential uh, offerings and sort of putting the farm out there in a bigger way that, that includes but is not limited to the cidery. Um, but from, a, from, a, from the standpoint of actually just making cider, um, we are, I mean, over the past year, because we've been so small scale, everything is, you know, lovingly done by hand. Um, and it will continue to be so. But we're actually taking a step forward in a number of ways to try to make the process more manageable um, for ourselves. And so we have some new, some new capital equipment, capital investments we've made. We've obviously put this building up. We've got the tanks. We've got, you know, we're going to um, build uh, sort of a, a, a bottling assembly that's going to enable us to get through much more product in a, uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, so I, I look forward to that. So I, I definitely, you know, I want to keep it small enough that I can still have my hand in everything, but big enough that I can, you know, afford to, to, to find some efficiencies within that, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's fun bottling for, you know, night in, night out if you're uh, having a couple drinks along the way, but I can understand it would be very tiring yes. as well yeah. for that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to come through yeah. and take yeah. a look, and I wish you all the best. And for more information for you, where do people go? If people go to heartwoodfarm.ca, that goes to our Facebook page. There is a, a sign-up form for our email newsletter, which is how we inform our customers about pretty much everything that's going on around here. So, Fantastic. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.